Hey, DNVR listeners, really excited to tell you guys about some game-changing coffee. Strava Craft is the CBD-enriched coffee that has really changed lives. Their reviews are incredible. Make sure you check them out. This CBD-infused coffee has taken away everything from long-term migraines to back pain and arthritis, IBS. It's helped decrease anxiety. You name it. CBD is also all-natural, not psychoactive. The coffee is rich and tasty, and we couldn't recommend it any more to our listeners. As Strava says, drink deeply, live fully. Check it out for yourself today, and you guys will receive 20% off when you use the code DNVR20 at checkout, and you'll get it shipped straight to your door. Welcome into the DNVR Nuggets podcast. We are presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. Harrison Wind here alongside Brendan Vote Tuesday edition of the show. Thanksgiving is in a couple days, Brendan. What's your favorite item on the uh, Thanksgiving dinner table? I'm a huge stuffing guy, and I actually don't know where that ranks on the Thanksgiving pantheon, but a good stuffing gets it done every time for me, man. Stuffing is not overrated it's properly rated that high i'm a big stuffing guy as well i feel like mashed potatoes and uh gravy kind of get the short end of the stick i mean always true always super reliable yeah they are reliable and it's not like it's a high high floor low ceiling food i feel like yeah exactly yeah and so yeah people underrate it i'm with you dude i go the turkey the meat of the, of the meal is usually my least favorite part, to be honest. I'm stuffing and, and uh, potato all the way for me. Yeah. Uh, I seem to like turkey a bit more than a lot of people, though. But, um, yeah, I'm very excited for uh, Friendsgiving, the DNVR Friendsgiving tonight. We're recording this uh, Monday afternoon, uh, so Monday night. Uh, but very excited to uh, see what everybody brings and, uh, yeah, just kind of what transpires over the course of the evening, I guess. I'm also excited to see what I bring because I haven't decided or gone to the store yet. So it'll be a bang, bang play. I think I'm going to stop by the liquor store before I head over there. Smart, <laughs> smart. Uh, anyway, a couple different things we want to get to on today's show. We spent Monday's show really talking about this latest Nuggets win over Phoenix. So I'm not going to talk too much about that. M- might, you know, go back to a couple different things. But I want to look ahead to Tuesday's game against the Wizards and – a familiar face that's going to be back in town here. Isaiah Thomas It will return to Pepsi Center you know, for the first time since he spent last season here as a Denver Nugget. Of course, only played in, what, nine games last year. But you know, throughout the entire course of last season, you could definitely feel the positive impact he had. And I, I just think it's an interesting subplot that was kind of always going on last season. Uh, just the leadership, the voice that... Isaiah really had in the Nuggets locker room last year and I think it was significant overall you talk to everybody on this team everybody is pretty much in agreement that he had a pretty positive impact here don't you think no doubt no doubt from players to coaching staff just about anyone you talk to and that makes sense right what do we know about the guys that are still in this locker room they're not the flashiest or loudest personalities they're just not Um, not just in terms of the media but I, I won't pretend to know any of them well, but my limited insight, I infer that that they're just kind of quiet guys in general. IT is not that. He'll let you know how he's feeling. He'll say what needs to be said. 
And I think for a younger, quieter team, they really benefited from that. And that's why, you know, we've talked so much about Jamal Murray's leadership this season and Nikola Jokic's. And I think you've already juxtaposed that with IT in a piece earlier this season. But it'll be interesting to see how that develops because he was their leader. And without him, they don't have an obvious answer. Yeah, I think a lot of guys took some things from Isaiah Thomas and just his leadership last year. And his leadership, it seemed like you knew that was going to be a thing all season long, beginning at media day. I remember when he held court with the media for like 15 minutes or so. Right. Obviously, his first availability, I believe, or you know, public availability to local media since the Denver signed him right around Summer League that summer. And I just remember... You know, it was clear that he was going to be the voice of this team from that moment. And yeah, I don't think that really changed throughout the entire season. What you were saying about Jamal there, I think Jamal took a lot of cues from Isaiah Thomas in terms of just how he led the team last year uh, with his voice and just with you know his spirit and his message. Because while we've talked about this a little bit, and like you mentioned, I've written on it, but the Nuggets want Jokic and and Jamal Murray to develop into these leaders here. I can see Murray taking on IT's role as more as the vocal guy. And Jokic, if he gets to that level, he's going to be the behind-the-scenes guy, lead-by-example guy like a Paul Millsap. So that's the path I see those two guys following. Strong agree. Jamal is the closest thing to IT. I don't know about leadership style because I'm not in the rooms, but just personality type. And he's also good enough, right? Jamal's going to drop 30 some nights, and he's going to be the second or first best player on this team quite often, and that's a guy that you respond to. Um, And and so he's, yeah, I think he's willing, seems like he's willing to step into that role. He's clearly been more vocal from everything we're hearing, and and that's a good sign. I do remember at, at Media Day, virtually every player told us that they already knew Isaiah Thomas and had spent time with him. Um, a lot a lot of the new guys coming in. And I just thought that was so interesting. That was such a point of emphasis for him. The only guy on the current roster that that does that, I think, is Monte Morris, right? Who we know is really social and, and always reaching out to teammates and, and sort of good in that regard. But IT really was uh, the king in that sense. And I think that's a reason why, you know, the Nuggets were so willing to have him take on that leadership role. Because it's got to be tough to establish yourself as that guy like I I don't think I don't know if IT would have had this impact on every team in the league you know if he was just on that roster because like Denver was a situation where he didn't play the first you know October November December Mm -hmm. January four months of the season and you know it's kind of tough to criticize guys when you're not actually out there playing Uh, but it's true I, true. I, I think just like you said the respect and the notoriety, the name that is Isaiah Thomas, that helped him out a lot in that regard. And, uh, yeah, just the fact that the Nuggets were kind of needing that guy, too. It was almost like a perfect marriage in a way. And I also think it's worth noting and, and remembering from Isaiah Thomas's time here that however he may have felt about Malone's decision not, not to play him once he was ready to go, he didn't let that you know, he respected Malone's decision, whether he liked it or not. And he didn't let that permeate his approach to leadership and his role in that locker room. And that could have, in theory, been a story, in my opinion. IT wants playing time. When everyone else on the roster knew their role and was happy where they were, he was the only somewhat turbulent case. But it needs to be noted that 
He really didn't complain publicly and he didn't fracture the locker room and everyone has good things to say about him on the way out the door. So yeah, his, his presence is missed. I think. Yeah, I agree. It could have been something and he deserves a lot of credit for kind of just taking it in stride and being the best teammate he could be because it was obvious he was frustrated for sure. And while I thought it was a perfect marriage, maybe off the court and just how Denver needed that leadership void and Isaiah Thomas was there to fill it on the court. It really did not turn out to be a perfect fit because the Nuggets situation when Isaiah Thomas was ready to come back was completely different from the Nuggets situation at point guard when they signed him. Monte Morris was on a two-way contract his rookie year, spent his entire rookie season in the G League. I think Denver thought Monte was going to be capable at backup point guard, but obviously not have the impact he had his rookie year. And then, um, yeah, there just wasn't that defined role, I think, that Denver thought Isaiah Thomas could have when they signed him. And then fast forward to around the All-Star break when he gets back. And, uh, yeah, it just wasn't there. But it was a difficult situation for Michael Malone, too, uh, just handling it. But, I mean, looking back, I don't think Malone could have handled it much better. Yeah, and I think their relationship going back to Sacramento probably helped a lot, right? Definitely. I know Malone's a straight shooter too, and IT is that way, and so I'm I'm sure there's a level of mutual respect. And and you nailed it, man. Monte Morris was the third string point guard. It's easy to forget now, but that was the plan, and I think that was the plan when they signed IT. But as you pointed out, things changed, plans changed, and he, you know, what he needed, Harrison needs is a situation kind of like the one he's in now. Because IT's timeline and what he's trying to accomplish, I think, is incongruent with the Nuggets themselves. And so I think in that specific sense, just in terms of the longer leash, I'm happy for him that he ended up in Washington where, you know, there's little to lose the, the more you give him. And, and I'd like to see him get back to a point where he's a consistent contributor at the NBA level. Yeah, well, how about this, Brendan? Isaiah Thomas is a starting point guard for the second best offense in the NBA right now. That is that is something that's noteworthy what a weird washington team man they're they're low-key kind of fun sneaky fun to watch yeah so isaiah did not begin the season as the starting point guard at dc Uh, he started nine games now 24.7 minutes per game averaging 12.8 points 5.6 rebounds or sorry 5.6 assists 1.6 rebounds per game shooting pretty well 44 and a half percent from the four 42.4% from three. Um, He does have the worst defensive rating in the league, which I don't think is a big surprise. But no, no. You know, those counting numbers don't look bad. Um, And I haven't watched a ton of them, but based on the player he looked like last season, I didn't think he'd be capable of putting up those numbers this year at the beginning of the year. Yeah, you know. 36 career uh, percent shooter from three, 36% shooter from three on his career. Not, not, not bad by, by any means, not spectacular, but you know, what made him an electric scorer was his ability to get to the rim despite his size, his recklessness. Um, how many times did he drive and, and like find himself on the floor yeah. on his stomach or on the back? And, and I think once he lost that step post-surgery, not surprising that a guy of his, his size would struggle to really penetrate the way he has in the past. So, yeah, I don't think you're ever going to see that point total back up to 18, 19, 20 or anything like that. But nice to see him shooting well from the outside. And five and a half assists per game. I don't know what the – I don't watch a ton of Wizards. So I don't know, like, 
I don't know what those 5.6 assists per game look like, but that's a nice number. Yeah, and to your earlier point, the situation in Washington with the Wizards is exactly uh, the type of situation he needed. Because in Denver, when he was trying to come back, the Nuggets were trying to position themselves in the playoff race. Monte Morris was playing at a high level. That bench had been so good all year. And uh, it just wasn't a good situation for a player who hadn't played in so long to try to find his rhythm and try to get back. So it wasn't, you know, the fit I think both parties thought it would be when it came time for him to get back on the court. And then, yeah, you know, I think you had to play him, obviously, if you're Michael Malone, you had to see what he could do. Uh, But after nine games, it was the right decision to pull the plug. And in Washington, you know, that point guard depth is not great, and it's a super young team, and I'm sure he's having a pretty heavy influence over that young locker room as well. So he's a guy that I think is one of the easiest guys in the league to root for, and him being in Denver and getting to be around him for last year and just seeing the impact he had with the Nuggets, that kind of makes me want to root for him even harder. I agree. He was on my short list of guys I was hoping I would get to cover because I, I figured there was a big difference between the way he was portrayed at times and, and the type of guy that he is, I wanted to find out for myself. And I think he's passionate and competitive. And so any sort of um, acerbic or, or turbulent characteristics that might be ascribed to him, I think those just those arise as a result of his fiery competitiveness. And I, I enjoyed being around him. And I'm with you, man. I'm rooting for him. As a 5'6 guy, I have to root for him. <laughs> yes. I have to. You could have made the NBA. That's what you're I saying. Could, that's, that's, right. that's right. If I also didn't have surgery on my hips, I, I could have been king of the fourth. Yeah. No, he is gotta be one of the most competitive guys in the league. Michael Malone has said that before. Guys who have been around him for a while uh say that. So yeah, you're we're all rooting for him and it's good to see him just get back on the court and you know playing heavy minutes in these games because I feel like at one point in his rehab that was in doubt. Uh, the last thing I want to say on IT is uh, I was speaking about Jamal Murray's leadership and how I think he's taking cues from Isaiah Thomas. Will Barton's another guy who's taking cues in the leadership department uh, from Isaiah Thomas and got the chance to talk with Barton about this at practice here on Monday. But Barton and IT, uh, those guys bonded a little bit last year. I mean, they, they had a relationship before he got to Denver, but they bonded a little more over the course of the season because they were both kind of going through injuries. They were both trying to rehab, mm-hmm. get back to what they were. And, uh, you know, through that, they grew pretty close. They still talk now, and they've been talking in the lead-up to this game. But um, Barton also said that, you know, Isaiah taught him that he should be speaking up know in those times when nobody really wants to say anything hmm. you know in, in those awkward lock post-game locker room mo- moments after a tough loss maybe you know it during a halftime break after Mike Mullen reams them out Isaiah kind of gave Barton the uh maybe the confidence and just Barton kind of took a lot of cues from Thomas in that regard to speak up when you know, nobody really wants to speak up and kind of shoulder that load a little bit. So I feel like, like we were saying earlier, Isaiah Thomas, just leadership, his presence, his intangibles, his character kind of rubbed off on a lot of guys in this locker room. It's a neat little Easter egg for, for us, who, the people who get to cover the team. Because I think when you watch teams at a distance, 
you might not ever assume there was any impact in a team signing a guy to a one-year deal and him not playing much. But like you said, we talked to these guys. We understand IT left an impact. And yeah, just kind of cool to be up that close to the process. You know, I, I like I like those details. Yeah. I wonder if any of our uh, offices bringing any Breck brews to this Friendsgiving Monday night. It'd be kind of silly to to spend money on booze when we have so much good <laughs> free beer. That is true. Uh, we're talking about the Breck Hop Peak IPA on this Tuesday edition of the show. A great beer from Breck Brewery. I admit I'm not a huge IPA guy, but you know I'll always have a Hop Peak IPA because I mean, Breck Brew doesn't make a bad beer. I was thinking though, who would be the most likely Nuggets player? to drink a hot peak IPA, do you think? Ooh, that is a good question. Uh, I would say Jokic just from the beer perspective, but he probably drinks Serbian imports. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to go with Paul Millsap. Okay. Dad. I don't know. I feel like Millsap might be like a uh, like a whiskey guy. Yeah, bourbon guy. You're actually <laughs> definitely right about Maybe, that. You know who I'm going with? Going with Mason Plumley. Yeah, that was my other guess. Mason Plumley to drink the Hot Peak IPA. I could yeah, see him. Right. Uh, I, could, I could see him putting one down after a game. But uh, yeah, guys, check out the Hot Peak IPA from Breck Brewing if you haven't already. Uh, definitely one of my favorites that they've put out. And again, you can't go wrong with any type of Breck beer. And before we move on, you guys know how supporting local business is in our blood. We're super excited to tell you about Denver Rubber Company, and it may not be what you think it is because Denver Rubber Company is the most reliable local partner for your long-term projects. Since 1972, Denver Rubber Company has provided the highest quality of products from custom die-cut gaskets to molded rubber to custom contract manufacturing and custom hoses. Guess what? Snow is already here. We're getting a taste of it uh, tonight, I believe. You'll need Denver Rubber Company when it comes to anything that has to do with snowplows. DRC can cut the size and pre-slot most snowplow rubber. The blades can be cut to any length and slotted for mounting to meet your exact specifications. We actually went and checked out their warehouse a few weeks back. Nothing short of amazing. These guys have created proprietary materials that make up the inside of wind turbine blades. And we even witnessed machines that cut material that are used in bulletproof vests. Remember, Denver Rubber Company Custom makes it all, and you can purchase products for yourself and, of course, buy bulk at a fantastic rate. They're a family-owned business with loyalty only to the people just like us here at DNVR. Be sure to call them today. For any snowplow needs, custom gaskets, hoses, 1-800-259-0010 or at drcfirst.com backslash DNVR. And, of course, tell them who sent you. All right, here on the Tuesday edition of the DNVR Nuggets podcast presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. A couple days to go until Thanksgiving. I feel like there's a lot already in this uh, holiday season or in this Nuggets season to be thankful for, Brendan, don't you think? Oh, yes. I like where you're going with this. I like this segue. <laughs> What's atop your list of uh, things that have transpired so far in this encouraging start to the season that you're thankful for? Well, this one I think technically happened before the season, Harrison, but I'll tell you, I'm very thankful that the Nuggets picked up Paul Millsap's option. Mm -hmm. um, there's a world in which that's declined and extension is not negotiated and they move forward, maybe with an eye at, at, at towards Jeremy Grant as the power forward of the future. 
What would Denver look like right now? Probably not a top two offense in the, uh, defense in the NBA is my strong guess. And he's shooting over 50% from deep. So he's he's been incredible. Been one of their two best players, I think. And yeah, just, just thankful he's still around, man. Yeah, I agree with all of that. And, you know, there's probably a chance if they did decline that option that they still would have brought him back here on some type of, you know, contract, maybe a two-year deal. But the thing about Millsap this year is it it's kind of crazy to say now, looking back at how we were talking about him over the summer, but he's playing up to his contract. He's yep. worth $30 million this year to Denver. He is. <laughs> which is which is pretty nuts. And he's not on the books going forward, so you make that decision, maybe you renegotiate from a different standpoint in terms of leverage and, and you know, I obviously wasn't in the room, don't know what Millsap was looking for, but there's a path to him not being here right now. And I'm just I'm just grateful that he is. Yeah, when it comes to Millsap, I am thankful for his wisdom, his mm. insight. <laughs> because he's got so many years under his belt. He's been on every type of team imaginable, young teams, veteran teams, playoff teams, non-playoff teams, number one seeds in the Eastern Conference. So just to have his wisdom and just uh, his viewpoint on the rest of the league and the game. And like Paul Millsap is a basketball nerd. He is somebody who takes his craft and his profession so seriously. You know, he knows everything about the game. He knows everybody's tendencies. He watches so much film. And uh, I've just really enjoyed being able to speak to him over the last couple of years and just gain his perspective on the game. Sneaky good interview, man. Sneaky. People think because he's soft-spoken that he doesn't have much to say, but he's quite insightful. You can always tell he takes a second to think about his answers. Yes. Yep. And not every guy does that. No. Not every no. guy he, does that. It's almost as if he's thinking about not just what you're asking, but why you might be asking. And yeah, so thoughtfulness, thoughtfulness, honestly, makes our jobs easier. I'm also thankful that he chose Denver a couple years ago. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> because, point. you know. I think he is too, man. Yeah. I think he is very happy with his decision. And um, I think he could retire here. I bet that's a thought that's run through his head. I thought that ran through his head when he signed here. Could I retire here? And um, speaking about the defense, we've talked about the defense a lot this year. I think – Credit definitely goes to the coaching staff first for just drilling that into these guys' heads every single day over the last couple of years that we have to be a defense first team. But Millsap and his defensive pedigree and just the lead by example approach and everybody watching how much attention the detail Millsap takes on the defensive end of the floor these last couple of years, that's been huge as well. So he deserves a lot of credit in that regard. What else do you got there on that list? I am grateful that the the Denver Nuggets front office does not make decisions based off what the fans want, and I'm grateful that they did not trade Will Barton the third. My goodness, uh, he has been so good. I I alluded earlier to Paul Millsap being one of Denver's best two players. Barton the third's been the other one. He's playing his tail off. He's playing his tail off the right way. Concerned with the right things really sliding into this starting unit nicely. And it's it's looked like the starting unit we expected to see pre-injury a season ago. Maybe not offensively, but just in terms of the way they're outscoring opponents, um, just how effective that starting lineup is. Barton's the right guy at the three, and I'm, I'm grateful he's still around. Definitely. Strong agree. Barton has seemed very at peace this year. 
he has seemed just super locked in, uh, super sure of himself, and yeah. um, the results are obviously on the floor. It, it's funny. You asked Barton about last year and uh, the injury that he went through and the rehab. Obviously, the first time he's ever had surgery, the first major injury of his career, and you can tell – you know, you you knew he was just never right over the second half of the season into the playoffs. Um, but you ask him, you know, about this year and just how he's bounced back, and he'll say like, "Yeah, I never had any doubt. I n- I always knew once I was gonna get healthy that I'd get back to being this type of player." And he's he's done that. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. I had some doubt, and and the the look in his eyes last year, I just think didn't resemble the guy we saw in seventeen and eighteen, which is all the characteristics you just described a guy who I thought was the heart and soul of the team at the time. And last year, he looked admittedly, or I should say understandably, distracted and lacking in confidence. But this year, he's back to his usual self. He uses like self-confidence and arrogance like Popeye does spinach. It's cyclical. He eats off that stuff. Yes. And I just think the preacher's back, man. He definitely is. And he's having a big effect on this locker room and on the court. He's been... You know, one of Denver's most consistent players to start the year. The rebounding, man. I can't get over the rebounding. Yeah. It's it's one thing to just say, hey, I'm focused on it. It's another to come in as an undersized three and, and grab as many as he has. Um, I have another one if you're ready, Harrison. Yeah, let's hear it. I am grateful, I am grateful that Nikola Jokic did not move home after the first week of the season. <laughs> <laughs> I thought there was yes. yeah, grateful he didn't retire after the second week of the season. Yep. He he's got it back together. Yeah. He looks a lot I'll say jollier Harrison. He seems in a much better mood, a lot more relaxed. He's been better with the media. And I think these last few games is are are just fine by Jokic. And and that's not much is required by him in the way of scoring. They're getting stops on D, they're running, and he can just Throw some outlet passes on the move. I think that's all he wants to do. Yeah, and you know, I always thought he'd snap out of it. Just the the, the first couple week funk he seemed to be in, and you know he has. And I think he just snapped out of it by playing some pretty high level competition, like that game against Joel Embiid. That seemed like one of the first times we saw the Jokic of old. And then yeah. he played Towns the next night. They've had this matchup against Houston. The game against Boston. He's been locked in those games, so uh, maybe that's what it took. But, you know, this has kind of happened for two years now where he's kind of, you know, uh, had a couple stretches throughout the regular season when he just wasn't all there. Maybe that's just regular season Jokic, and he's a guy who's just going to turn to another level in the postseason. Probably, and as yeah, as you pointed out, he actually wasn't off to like a thermonuclear start last season either. No, so, he was off to about um, the similar start, and yeah. he turned it around and got – Fourth in MVP voting. <laughs> yeah, so as it turns out, not much to worry about. Which, to be fair, you know, I think we all understood that was a story worth covering. That was the story, but we all expected him to snap out of it eventually. Yeah, it was a story for sure. But, yeah, he, I think, is out of it now. Uh, you got any more there? I've got plenty. Uh, I'm all grateful right, let's that. Let's do one more over here. Okay, one more. I and am grateful we'll that Juancho Ernan Gomez is getting a chance. Mm-hmm. Um, he is among the most fun parts of this Nuggets team. I think in a very sort of strange and specific way, he embodies and encapsulates this era of Nuggets basketball. He's he's like a deep cut face of this era, you know, for the non-casual fans who are really in it. And 
when he's playing well, this team is full of joy, and the fans respond to that, the players respond to that in turn, and it's just a happy, fun cycle. So I'm glad we got Wancho back in our lives because not only is he fun, man, he's also a good player. He was too good to be buried at the end of the rotation completely. So nice to see him out there. Yeah, I love how you said that. That couldn't be more right because he is exactly what Nuggets basketball is about. Like, mm. yes, we think of Jokic as you know the leader of this era, and that's totally right, and we should. But you know, Wancho is another guy who fits this team's identity and fits these this team's values of like selfless and unselfish basketball and um you know Wancho is just like a guy who you always hope is going to be around this team forever and I don't know if that's possible uh but you know his his spirit is joy it's just contagious and And uh yeah it's so genuine too I mean beginning to be around him what you see on tv what you see in those shimmy moments and and dancing on the end of the bench that's who he is this is everyone's favorite dude in that locker room. Super polite, super nice, super fun, and hardworking. We mentioned earlier that IT is easy to root for. Wancho is like first team all universe, any sport, any athlete. I want this guy to succeed. I, sorry, excuse me. I should say world champion Wancho. Yes, yes, for sure. Uh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, he's the best. Uh, he's the best. He does everything the team asks of him, never complains. He's the best teammate I've ever covered, probably. Uh, the absolute best so yeah definitely thankful that you know he's playing well and seems to have a a pretty clear role as of right now we never know what this bench but for for now he seems to have some minutes carved out yeah for now uh and then a quick hitter i'm grateful direct tv figured their shit out comcast you're next Yeah, um, except I don't really know anybody who has DirecTV other than nope. sports nope. bars. <laughs> yeah, I don't have it either, so I take that back. I'm not even that grateful. Comcast, let's go. Yeah. I know you listen to this this podcast, Comcast, so let's get it going. We can hit some more uh, in a second, but got to do a quick read, tell you guys about Piper Electric, as we do on the podcast a lot. Great partner of ours here on the DNVR Podcast Network. Piper Electric has been serving the Denver metro area since 1983 through a commitment to customer service and team performance. Piper Electric is the hometown electrical contractor you can trust. If you call 303-646-6765, they will, they will give you the DNVR hookup and save you 20% off your next service call. No job is too big or too small for Piper Electric. They work with the top professionalism and integrity in the biz, whether it's residential, commercial, or industrial work. Don't forget, you have to call 303-646-6765 to receive 20% off your next service call. Let me throw one out there. I am thankful for the Nuggets win over the Rockets, but more specifically, Torrey Craig's performance in that game. Uh, because Torrey Craig is a guy who, you know, he's come out of nowhere to have some big moments for this team. You know, but but also like, you know, he's not the most, you know, natural fit in the modern NBA. Like, Mm. you know, and um, for him to get that moment against the Rockets, like he was so deserving of that moment because like Wancho, he's just an unbelievable teammate who will never complain or or moan or whine about playing time. And, uh, you know, for for him to de up Harden like he did and really be a leading cause of the Nuggets getting what has been their best win of the season so far. He deserves that. And I, I, I love Torrey Craig's story. 
you know, coming from where he came from, undrafted out of college, a small college, of course, USC Upstate, going to Australia, you know, taking a chance and coming to summer league with no idea if he'd even, you know, make the roster or a two-way deal or what, and then to have the rise that he has had and, and the moments he's had for this team, um, it's hard not to look at that story and be like, wow, what what an incredible uh, a journey. And I think it was unfair, even if if understandable, that he was kind of scapegoated for those early offensive troubles. I mean, he is not an ideal fit for the reasons you just mentioned about being a somewhat kind of archaic, I think, uh, archetype and, and skill set guy. Not a, not a seamless fit with the starters, but like what a high bar that is for, for a guy who took the path that he took to getting into the league. He should sort of be appreciated for who he is and what he's capable of. And it's just kind of unfortunate that the way that chips fell, things were framed as such in which Tory was the, the fall guy, the blame guy for what was going wrong. And I mean, he's just out there grinding, you know, so that was unfortunate. And I agree with what you said. He, he is, he doesn't, I don't think have that infectious personality that Wancho has per se, but just as good of a dude and a teammate. And I asked him once, you know, if his work ethic is like his, his lack of an issue with playing time and his coachability if that was honed or sharpened at all by his path to the league, a somewhat humbling one. And he said, no, like that's just pretty much always been in his DNA. He has no issue doing what's, what's asked of him. If he thinks it's going to help win, win a game for the team. So mm-hmm. rooting for Tory in that Houston game was awesome. As frustrating this bench has been, it's actually been really cool to see Malone find ways to give all of these guys their moments. Yeah. Maybe I, I misspoke a little because I don't think Craig's necessarily a bad fit for the modern NBA. What I meant to say was like he he can only fit, I feel like, in certain lineups for Denver. Like, no, I think that's absolutely right. Yeah. yeah. Like he's not a great shooter. And that's as a wing, like that kind of limits your versatility in terms right. of being dropped into lineups. I think what you said is fair. But he's a good defender and he busts his ass and uh, he, he puts in the work. And so, like, he is a very useful player in in today's game. But you know, on Denver, they you you've got to kind of fit him with the right groups. But yes, uh, thankful for his performance there. You got any others that uh, that you have percolating over there? I I have one that I'm I can wrap this up with. I think. Okay. How about Jamal Murray's coachability? Jamal is a seventh overall pick, super talented guy, highly touted prospect. Big, in my opinion, kind of. Um, I don't mean this as a criticism, to be clear, but kind of like a big ego guy in the way that talented players are in the NBA. But it's been pretty clear that specific things have been asked of him, things he needs to focus on, things he needs to work on, things he's need to change with each year in the NBA, and he's done that. He's improved as an passer. He he's showing more effort defensively. We've we've beaten this horse a little bit, but he was asked to change the shot selection. He did immediately. So this is a guy that's looking to be a lot more coachable than I anticipated, and that is paramount. That is crucial to Denver reaching their ceiling as a team. No doubt, and he's been coachable since day one. Mike Mullen always talks about how he coaches Jamal Murray harder than anybody else on this roster yeah. yep. because Jamal can take it. And yep. like Jamal's dad coached him growing up, and uh, Coach Cal obviously is a hard ass. And yeah, Michael Malone coaches him hard as well. 
and Jamal can take it. He takes it in stride. He knows it's never personal. And it's funny because we talked about his uptick in three-point shooting on Monday's show. And Adam actually asked Jamal about that today, you know, if that's been a point of emphasis. Uh, you and Malone talk about it. And it's funny. I feel like players never want to say, like, yeah, you know, I totally, I changed my game a little and I'm shooting these shots more and whatnot. Players always just want to say, yeah, I'm just getting to my spots and, uh, you know, just playing my game. But right. Jamal kind of always keeps it close to the chest, is I guess is what I'm saying. But you've definitely seen that shift in just types of shots he's hunting out. Yeah, I think if you ask, I, I often have more success asking other players about that types of things. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Guys are reluctant to kind of pull the curtain back on their process at all. But there's been one. There's been one for Maria this year. He's he's thinking, right? He's actively looking for ways to improve. And I think he understands what it means for him to improve, which is not just score more points. So really, really encouraging stuff from Jamal. I think, I think if this were the start of that leap, Harrison, this is what it would look like, the, the steps he's taken this season. Gotcha. Yeah, I agree. I agree for sure. Final one for me, I'm thankful for Bull Bull that he has a Denver Nugget. Love it. I'm thankful that we get to watch this guy play basketball. And, uh, you know, he's worked his way back from a really tough injury. I'm sure that was tough on him physically and mentally for sure. And the fact that he's playing in the G League and he's fully healthy, I'm happy for him. I'm happy for the guy. And I hope he has a a long and fruitful uh, career. And I'm also very high on him as a prospect long term. I think he's going to be a player for the Nuggets. I agree on all of that. And I'm grateful for him because... I'm a writer and I need clicks like everyone else. And he and MPJ, the Nuggets have gone from this like invisible, cannot be seen by the national gaze like team to MPJ, Bulbul. Like those are guys that people Google every day. I think the fans can't wait to see them both on the court. And Isaiah Thomas. That's right. Oh, yeah, that's right. The last couple of years have been interesting. Yeah, yeah dude, I love Bulbul. And I, I think he's going to be an amazing player, but he's also just and enigmatic like what is bobo what is that man it's the 65 percent waste the skill set of a guard but yeah. he can also swallow your shot and catch it with two hands yeah he, he's a weirdo man i'm excited to see his career unfold he's a unicorn that moves way more fluidly than a chris apps porzingis and you know, you you talk to people around the team and they're like yeah this guy has an incredible jump shot um, obviously it is a dominant force around the rim. So, yeah, I can't wait to see what he can do more in the G League this year and, and hopefully with the Nuggets uh, long term. But, yeah, it's been it's been a fun couple of G League games for him. And then all together, man, I'm grateful for 12-3. and three. How about that? Better start through 15 than last season. May not Did not necessarily seem like that was on the table through five games. I know. Uh, what a start it's been. What a start it's been. Denver's still under the radar as always. But I, I, I wonder if, looking ahead to this game next week against the Lakers, if that is truly a battle for the number one spot in the West, maybe that's kind of the beginning of the Nuggets hype train. Possible. But, you know, I one what I'm actually starting to view now as, as an advantage for Denver, I don't think the hype train will ever get rolling too too hard outside of Denver. Like, you know, locally, maybe the fans will understand and will hype it up at DNVR Nuggets. But people, the Nuggets could beat L.A. by 20 and they're going to talk about what LeBron did wrong. So 
I'm actually starting to view that as a blessing in disguise. <laughs> that's very true. That's very true. All right. Uh, I think that's all we got for today. Thanks for listening, guys. If you've got a second, throw us a quick five-star review on iTunes. Uh, maybe in an episode later this week, we'll, we'll read some of the reviews you guys have left. But always appreciate those. And we'll be back with another episode tomorrow. Talk to you guys then. Hey guys, before we get out of here, may or may not know that taking care of your teeth is pretty important, but our friends at Green Mountain Dental Group are giving away a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam. That's right, you simply have to take care of your teeth for Green Mountain Dental Group to hand over a free Sonicare. Check them out today online or call 303-988-0711 to schedule your appointment today.